Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to talk about our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor simply is the perfect place to go if you're trying to start a podcast. First off, free, that's great, but there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super easy to use, super intuitive, Uh, and then once you have that edited, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places uh, where you listen to podcasts. And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away. No minimum listenership. Start getting that anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the Schooner Pod. Hello and welcome to the Schooner Pod uh, post-spring stuff. The draft has come and gone. The spring long gone by now. Um, and we're here to kind of talk about it before we hit that long, dark stretch uh, where the offseason truly is uh, quite an offseason. With me today, as always, we've got Jameson. we got Ty. And uh, guys, let's just start off with uh, an event that uh, is kind of long forgotten, but still the uh, last morsel of OE football we have until uh, August, um, the spring game. Uh, Jameson, your initial thoughts on, well, not initial, they've been marinating for like two weeks, your thoughts on the spring game and, uh, you know, really just, God, what a, what a, what a, what a joke, what a mess. Yeah, it was probably one of the most uneventful and sad spring games ever. If anyone was watching or saw the game, I had no idea what the score was doing. It would randomly change just throughout the game for no good reason. I'm sure there are some kind of like thing behind the scenes how they do it in practice certain amount like a certain achievement gets you a point but typical rules of football were completely thrown in the trash I had no idea what was going on um people are changing teams throughout as well this was not the spring game that we usually know yeah spring games are usually pretty low effort but this was uh remarkably so uh Ty you you and I actually sat next to each other at this one Um, so we kind of chit chatted a bit about it, but, uh, were you underwhelmed by the spring game? I was, uh, I've never been to one. So I, I was pretty, I thought it was pretty, uh, disappointing from what I was expecting, but I didn't really have a frame of reference, uh, to base it on, but yeah. Yeah. And it it just was, it it was over in an hour. It was only one half really, um, no half time to really drag it out more than it needed to be. It was just a real quick game in and out. And then you uh, go back to campus corner, keep drinking, you know, doing whatever you're doing. Um, so it's, it's whatever I, I get. It, I get it's COVID times. You couldn't have a concert or anything like that. Um, but you know what? That's, that's whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, now let's actually talk about the football. So um, again, more bland, uh, bland, bare bones stuff out there. Uh, but it, we did see the the uh, debut of Caleb Williams. Uh, Jameson, your thoughts on Caleb Williams? Yeah, I mean, it's helpful when he wears the blue jersey and you can't get touched, but he still looked like an athlete and he could run all over the defense. Uh, we know that he is a dual threat quarterback. He's not Kyler Murray's speed, but the way he looked on the football field, um, he's got football speed. He, he does really well and gets out of the pocket and looked better than Spencer Rattler, honestly, that day. Obviously, he's not better than Spencer Rattler, but it was really cool to see a lot of our freshmen show up. 
Yeah, a- absolutely. It, it was just it was really fun to see the new guys in there. That's that's the only really cool thing to me about spring games. And uh, yeah, no, there there are a couple people you know acting like oh maybe we put Caleb Williams in instead. Uh, no, Rattler didn't care about this. He was just hanging out, flinging the ball around with a bland offense. You know, one of those dry Popeyes biscuits level level uh, offense. Uh, no flavor whatsoever. Leaves oh, you're on some people. Who the Popeyes people? <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I'm not trying to get a Popeyes. Uh, uh, no, Popeyes we already pissed off Iowa. Louisiana's coming strong right now. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, two lanes coming up. Let's just get it get it going on that. You know, I, I'll. I can't make fun of the the angry wave. He's too cool. I uh, forgot. Ty's already bashed all of Louisiana before he even knew that I was yeah, from there. It's objectively the worst state. <laughs> for sure. I mean, Jalen is the only yes. good thing I think that's ever come mm-hmm. out of it, I guess. Is it is it really better than Mississippi, though? Yeah, or are you just biased I think, against I think, it? Is it better? I think, no, new, I, I think the new health thing is they were 50th, Louisiana, but Mississippi is close. But if you're just talking in general, I mean, there's a clear correlation there. And then Oklahoma's 48th, if you want to talk about that, too. So... Here's, you know what the difference is though is Oklahoma has like it, at least you can find good food here, so there's like some justification for it. Are you are you going on an <laughs> wait? Hold on. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Ty Ty chose violence. You okay? Louisiana doesn't have good food. You're just not a Cajun food guy, or or what? It's not as good as like Oklahoma barbecue. <laughs> Louisiana. He's a noted Louisiana shill, so don't listen to him. But look, I don't even know if Oklahoma barbecue is that great. It's good. It's not. It's 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 better than it's better than Louisiana Cajun food. It doesn't have an identity though. It's like half Kansas City, half like Texas. It's kind of in that no man's land in the middle. But you know, Louisiana is you know, there's only one place in the world you can get gumbo or you know, like that of that quality. You can't get a po' boy of that quality anywhere else. It's just it's next level stuff. I don't think so. There's a Bubba Gumps in San Francisco. Oh my god, Ty. All right, you're just trolling now. All right, Ty's just trolling. But, all right, back to back to the issue ahead. Caleb Williams. So Ty, how much of that? I, I want to hear your rant. How much of Caleb Williams was the fact that he was running around in a blue shirt and nobody could touch him against uh, the, against like the third and fourth string like defense or like I'm, the guys that probably won't even be on the the team in the fall? Uh, no, so I, I think yeah, it, the blue jersey obviously. Um, there seemed to be some designed runs in there, which like you know that's not really his fault if we're going to call a design quarterback run. Uh, but what I like to see was was the effort. You know, we we touched on Spencer looked like he did not even want to be there. Like it was below not caring. Like he actively didn't want to be there. It, it kind of seemed like. Uh, but uh, Williams looked like he, you know, he was excited and and wanted to show out and and use that that really small opportunity to show, um, you know, what he what he has and and to get some reps in. So so that was good. Yeah, the stats. It's the spring game, so yeah. I also, you know, I I will say another guy who kind of showed up and you know what wasn't flashy, but I really liked uh, seeing bits and pieces of him. Uh, really liked Mario Williams as well, Jameson. Yeah, aside from his fumble on the backfield, um, but you know he looked really good. Everything that was advertised that you just can't hold him off the line of scrimmage. He's just going to get open every single time, and that is a a 
very big thing for us moving forward in the wide receiving room. We need another guy that can take the attention off Marvin Mims so that he can go on a deep route, take the top off. And, you know, uh, Mario Williams, if he can be a short yardage guy, you know, played like Sterling did in his early career, if he can just get open and just, you know, get a game where it's like five five catches for, you know, 45 yards and then have Marvin Mims getting, you know, the big targets and downfield catches, that's exactly what you need. Absolutely. And another receiver who I wouldn't say was consistent, but definitely had the play of the day, um, in, in my opinion, uh, Jaden Hazelwood with a really, really good catch. Uh, Ty, did that? Does that make you feel any bit better about that? Uh, you know that that class. You think we'll see a big leap from Hazelwood next year? He didn't have he he could always catch. He had a knee injury. You can catch in a wheelchair for sure. For not, sure. I, I'm just saying. Do you think he? No, that was a really good. That was a. It was a good catch. Um, the guy in front of us was super excited about it. Um, but yeah, I you know I I hope I sincerely hope you know that he's he's better and can live up to his his, uh, you know, hype this year, uh, just for him individually. And then, and then for the team as well. So that's, that is always exciting to see stuff like that, to see that, that effort, uh, being put in. So, you know, at least mentally he's, he's wanting to get in the game. So hopefully his, his uh, legs hold up. Yeah. We saw one cool thing. That's, that's all I'm looking for out of here. Um, one really interesting player, uh, probably my, my favorite, maybe not my favorite. Uh, I'm not sure yet. Um, because Key Lawrence was still pretty good, but uh, Eric Gray, uh, the uh, Tennessee transfer running back, uh, had a really nifty touchdown. Jamison, um, between him and Lawrence, which was your favorite uh, Tennessee uh, product uh, performance? Yeah, I love Gray. Um, like I said, just watching his tape from last year, you just see how he could be so special in this offense. And I said when we first got him, we did a podcast, I was like, I like him more than Kennedy Brooks, straight up. Um, I would hope that we'd start him and play him more. And at the beginning of this game, there's a half second I thought Kennedy wasn't even going to play. He honestly was not getting as much snaps. Uh, I think it's going to come down to a split carry, you know, like, you know, dual running back room where beforehand, um, I obviously am overanalyzing the spring game, which could mean nothing. Um, I thought it was going to be Kennedy 75%. They'll sprinkle everybody in. Now, I, I truly think Eric Gray is going to get a lot of carries, and you can tell that the coaching staff really likes him. Yeah, absolutely. I, I liked him a lot. That touchdown was uh, just really electric, and you know, keep in mind it is a spring game, but he, he just has this vision that uh, you really like to see out of a good running back. Uh, Ty, thoughts on the, uh, on, on the uh, backfield? Yeah, I, Gray um, obviously is going to be huge for us, like you guys talked about, I don't think there's, you know, he's coming in with a season uh, at, at Tennessee to, to kind of for us to look at. So I don't think it's too unreasonable to look at his spring game performance and, and get excited about it. Um, you know, we knew he was going to be good coming in and that's, you know, losing uh, some depth for, uh, you know, extracurriculars. Like we talked about last podcast, there's no reason to, to dwell in it. Uh, it's good to see, um, you know, that we're going to have a really big, uh, you know, someone that we can lean on as a RB one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I like that a lot. Um, so let's talk about the defense real quick before we move on shift subjects. Cause again, these spring games are, are, are tough to talk about, particularly after they've had a couple, uh, weeks to like kind of pass, uh, Jameson, a, a lot of discourse on Twitter, uh, that entire weekend was, uh, just, 
just in how different the defense looked from a size perspective, the type of athlete they had out there. Uh, were you impressed to see some of these younger guys get some burn? And how does that defense look to you? Yeah, you know, uh, that's hopefully our front seven is going to be our strong suit. The, the One of the most interesting things going into this year is seeing probably the free safety room might be the most interesting battle. Um, but then next up, honestly, is uh, Nickelback. And Billy Bowman, the way he played, the way we sh- he showed his athleticism was real. He had a really nice um, PBU. Um, he was running kickoff returns, showed his athleticism there. Um, and a lot of this spring game, you know these guys. You've been talking about them and recruiting all this time. And as soon as they put on a number and a helmet, you're like, you see this guy, and you're like, who the heck is this guy? And luckily they had the little nifty uh, QR code next to us with the roster that I could look it up. But I didn't even – I said, who is this guy? He's not – he has ankle socks on, and he doesn't have any accessories. So who's this number five? And Billy Bowman looked really good. I honestly thought it could have been a walk-on at first, but then I realized it was him. Great, great player, and is going to give Cradell some push. Yeah, absolutely. And we we knew Bowman had the potential to really do something there. And, uh, you know, just see him, seeing him on the field, you know, you got the bump from a, this is my first time putting on an OU jersey uh, sort of energy. But, you know, he, he definitely is the athlete that uh, that that he's been cracked up to be, at least. You know, he he's he's just the type of guy you really need, need back there to really, um, you know, shore up a defense that has been traditionally not very big on, on, on the secondary. So uh, would love to see more out of him. Uh, Ty, your thoughts on the defense, uh, anything really stand out to you um, as uh, the uh, game progressed? Yeah, honestly, I think, I think on the defensive side, it's almost harder to get an estimate in, in the spring game than it is for, for the offense. Um, because I, I think that like not going all out really affects the defense a lot more. Uh, especially in the areas of the defense that we really want to see, you know, the, the secondary and and uh, the linebackers really there. So it was cool to see, you know, Caleb Kelly out there again. Hopefully, uh, I have fingers crossed that he'll he'll put it all together this year. Uh, and and uh, we can't go the whole podcast without mentioning the fact that Lincoln Riley, uh, the offensive coach, was wearing a speed D shirt the whole time. So. Uh, and he he actually had like a speedy like pullover or like sweatshirt on and a, a t-shirt under it that he had taken off. So uh, I know there were some jokes there, but I think that I think that that he probably did that on purpose. Oh, uh, totally. He wanted those pictures, uh, you know, in the media of him wearing that shirt to make a statement. So well, he and it was a- planned because you know there were some recruits that came in that week and they were very close to committing and then ended up doing it in the past week. We got a safety from a six foot three safety speed demon um, from U- Union, Jaden Rowe. And then we got Kip Lewis from Carthage, Texas, who's a four star linebacker. There's he was doing that all because of the recruits, you know, you know, pictures, media. Yeah, but he knew that he had the big time defensive guys in, and not to talk about five star defensive back Gentry Williams out of Tulsa too, that he's trying to poke at. Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a big recruiting weekend. It always is, and you know, you, I, I love seeing that effect because we've had uh hyped up spring games where you know you really don't get that boost afterwards so uh to see at least a little bit of a bump um for a lot of these guys you know uh i I don't know how much people have been able to uh travel uh i i think i'm not even sure if official visits are still on right now i don't know when does that lift jameson uh, all of them will be starting in June. Um, so our big weekend is going to be the 18th to the 20th, which is our champion barbecue weekend. And we're going to have like 
40 kids at least or some ridiculous amount of number of people in there. And it's going to be headlined by Malachi Nelson, uh, the number two player in the nation, number one overall quarterback in 2023. who's who's getting close to deciding um, his commitment will probably come this summer. And he's bringing his best friend who have already claimed to be a package deal, who is an extremely athletic five-star wide receiver. So even though that's not this recruiting class, that's all the eyes are going to be on that as well. I mean, that's that's just incredible. Uh, I, I kind of wish our, our transition wasn't as smooth as it was because I would have loved to break out the Borat, but, you know, that's for regular season stuff, I guess. Uh, anyways, um, that's all I got for this spring game. It was it was pretty garbage, if you ask me. Um, I don't know how you fix it. Um, Ty, what would you do to make the spring game more interesting? Is there anything that you can make, or, like anything you can do to actually, you know, spruce this uh, thing up? Probably the biggest thing was I didn't understand why uh, security was like the same amount of time or longer than a regular season game when there's like four times the people there. That was kind of confusing. Uh, but I think it's just because everyone tries to go in right at the same time. Uh, other than that, if we could do it at nighttime, have like fireworks and and stuff... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> just, just have, I feel like a night spring game would be a cool, like novelty thing. Yeah. The, they did it on a Friday a couple years ago and it was really, really pretty fun. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Maybe just, I, I'm trying to figure it out. I, I know people way smarter than us have uh, gone, tried everything, you know, throwing out, you know, uh, just uh, Lee Bryce or whatever. That doesn't work obviously, but I wouldn't have, predicted that one anyways uh i don't know just have random animals a- animals racing or something uh, just just do whatever you can <laughs> where just have get, you heard of this is this not, just off the top of your head it's off the top of my head let's just get i'm trying to think what's <laughs> the weird like, like, like you just watched the kentucky derby and you're like okay i got it i got it we're gonna have like that corgi race that's yes. stellar, yes. stellar yeah. idea. Yeah, get the recruits. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go watch the court series. I've always, I've always thought they could do like a combine almost, or, or something like that. That could hurt those people, you know. If Trey Norwood did that last year and he puts up the numbers that he did the coming, even though he got drafted, we're gonna talk about that a little bit today. You know, guys like that are gonna get ashamed whenever they got twenty thousand people watching them. You know, because not everybody is, you know, 4-4 speed. And when they claim yeah. to be 4-4 speed, the, the watch will get them at 4-6. You, you don't want to have the entire crowd go, oh, <laughs> just Yeah, that. but not like a legitimate, like, like, um, like the game ones that they do where it's like a, a competition and they just get the crowd really into it or something like, like that. Like Pro Bowl weekend, how they kind of do like dodgeball yeah. and like, yeah, you know, right. like the skill competition they where have they like have to like throw. And, like for yeah. the quarterback setup where they'll run and like throw, throw, throw. And like That's stuff like a that. really good idea. That could be. Yeah, I mean, that that actually is pretty fun. That could be, you know, not, not like, like stuff like that's big, actually. Yeah, I'm not talking like show our yeah. hand, like show the actual speeds for everyone, but have like big man races and like stuff like that. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Or um, I, I don't know how you like, would fit it like in. Pulling people down from the stands to like compete against like the player. Like Hollywood, whenever he took on that one dude. Yeah, it's just yeah. It was Oklahoma, like Oklahoma drills over and over with like <laughs> random kids from the stands. 
Oh wait, I like that. I like that. <laughs> That's Grant, what you like. Yes, we 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 need we need kids to get concussions in front it's of everyone. Bookie, It'll... bookie targeting children over and over. And oh, it's gone. Ooh, it's incomplete, baby. Let's go. <laughs> oh my god, that's incredible. celebrating, yeah, like a ten-year-old dropping the ball. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, I, I like that idea. Just uh, whatever the hell that is. Do you think it's, we can make a Buki reference every single episode throughout the season, even though he's not on our team anymore? Oh, we'll try our best. We could just make it a recurring segment where we just talk about what he did that week in Washington. And the, yeah, what, what's Buki up to? The, the Buki stat watch. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I, I think that's all you can really say about the spring game. It it always kind of sucks, but it's just fun being back in Norman. Um, even if it is for just a day, always a good time. Um, but um, yeah, that's all. That's all I got to say. Uh, Ty, I know we're about to pivot to the draft and yeah, uh, we, only, we only have you for a couple minutes here. Um, so anything you want to say before we, uh, you know, kind of let you go here? Uh, um, I'm trying to think for the, I didn't prep for the draft. I just looked at spring game stuff. Um, no, I don't have, (laughs) you guys can take it. I'll hop off for a smooth transition. So I'll I'll just go ahead and me today. Yeah, of course. I'll, I'll go ahead and ask you this. Uh, so no first round picks for the big 12. How bad of a look is that on a scale of one to ten to you? Uh, I mean it's 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 a timing thing for for us, right? Like it's the Big Twelve is like OU and accessories at at this point in time. I think that's what people look at as nationally, you know, and not trying to have like a homer like OU take like the other teams are irrelevant, but like on the national scale, um, you know, it's from the outside looking in, like we've won it for the past like six years. So I think everyone just sees that OU has a really young team. Um, and, and that's that unfortunate uh, in, in the long run, I think the, the Creed Humphrey thing, he, he, you know, for himself should have gone uh, last year when he could have gone potentially in the first round. So that was unfortunate to see him, you know, give that commitment to the team and then suffer personally for it. Uh, for a significant amount of money um, and, you know, yeah, whatever else. So that, that was unfortunate, but yeah, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's terrible. I, I, I don't think that conference recruiting is as important as it maybe used to be, uh, especially with recruiting on, on really a national scale at this point. I, I think as long as OU does good, we're a young team. People know that. I don't think it's, it's really going to hurt us. Yeah, I, I mean, we we carry. You're you're right. We do carry the conference, and that is definitely a big part of it. But um, yeah, Ty, th- thanks for coming on, man. I I, I appreciate your time, and uh, glad we could get uh, your opinions on. Uh, let, let, <laughs> I'm all in on the Oklahoma drill. Uh, we can even, you know, Buki's still an OU. Like, we'll be an OU grad. We can just bring him back. Uh, you know, after he you know goes to the NFL, and he can just target children. It'll be great. <laughs> I don't know. All right, I'm gonna head out. Thanks, guys. Yeah. It's all good. All right. See you around, Ty. Hey, let me hop in on this topic that we were talking about earlier, of Ty, about, about the Big 12. Um, here's the thing with that is OU, it might hurt them on the, you know, on the outside because people will look at that and there's going to be teams that are going to say, why would you go to the Big 12? Why would you go to OU? Look, at, you can see how many people came from Georgia last year and um, went in this draft, an absurd amount. You know, Alabama, absurd amount. But look at OU. 
OU just has to get that voice and say the counter of, look how many people we had returning this year. You know, like that's it's because of that. And we still got, you know, the majority of our guys that were projected to be draft picks, they got drafted except for Adrian Ely. Um, and if you're looking at the Big 12, Texas is notorious for taking guys that are – you thought Caden Stearns, you know, his freshman year, that guy was going to be a first-round draft pick at safety. And um, disappointing. You know, Trayvon Murray, you know, he should have been a first-round um, safety. Didn't. Kareed Humphrey had first-round grades. You know, if one thing went our way, um, it could have. Like a guy last year, Jordan Brooks from Texas Tech, he slid into the first round and – People did not think that was going to happen. People thought he was going to go third round, late second. It just didn't end up going our way. And luckily, OU at least got one second rounder. Yeah, and I will say, like, you know, Creed getting in in the second was great. Uh, Definitely long-term a little disappointing. But um, overall, I I think he ended up at a really, really good location for him in Kansas City. You know, having uh, Orlando Brown newly there as well. I I could see him, you know... The draft day disappointment is bad, of course, but what's more important is seeing if this guy can, you know, develop into an all pro guy who shows up year after year after year, you know, in, I guess it's not Hawaii anymore because uh, the stadium's condemned, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, getting that position is so key. And, um, you know, I, I think he's in a position to succeed. You know, it's not the end of the world for Creed. Uh, that's, I, I think that's for sure. Um, but it, it's a tough look for right now. It's easily maneuvered if, you know, uh, the, if the kids you're talking to, you know, really get it, you know, if they, if they're not swayed by, Oh, big 12 sucks. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it, it was just a very unique situation where we didn't have a ton of guys and the two guys we, uh, thought were great, you know, kind of slipped a bit with, uh, uh, Ronnie Perkins and Creed Humphrey. I do not know why Creed slipped. He was the third center picked behind. I understand Landon Dickerson was really good, but this dude had a huge, huge injury in the SEC championship game. And then you look at Creed Humphrey and what he's been able to do starting as a, as a freshman and all the way through and the leader and the captain and his relative athletic score as RAS or whatever that stands for. That was like one of the best in the draft. And you don't take a look at him until the end of the second. I think that's just a little just suspect. I don't know why the Eagles would go and take um, Dickerson and not Creed. Um, I mean, choose your poison. They both blocked for Jalen Hurts, but I don't know. That's true. It, it is a it's a weird situation. I, I I personally don't 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 get the slide. I I think he you know is you know I mean just looking just looking at at what he did at OU zero sacks his entire run uh, uh, at OU is is just insane. Um, but you know, uh, again, uh, it's it's about that success in the league, and I think he has the tools to to do it. I think Kansas City's the perfect place to do it. Um, so hopefully he uh, goes far. Uh, up next, let's talk about Ronnie Perkins, uh, New England Patriot. Um, first of all, what do you think of the fit? Um, kind of talk about the slide. It's a little redundant from the Creed thing, but uh, your your thoughts on uh, on Perkins to uh, New England? Perkins slide makes a little bit more sense. At the same time, obviously, he shouldn't slide that far. But the way he played in college, he really can't play in um, at, in New England and in, in the NFL. Uh, he played with his hand in the dirt the majority of the time. But um, New England drafted him with the idea of being an outside linebacker, kind of stand up edge rusher. And that's something that Ronnie Perkins hasn't done. You know, he's just de- he's just so athletic and so gritty that he can just put his hand in the dirt and beat people. Um, but now that people are a lot bigger and quicker. 
um, and you're going against Makai Becton two times a year, um, things might be a little bit different for Ronnie Perkins. So I understand the slide. And, you know, people, um, whenever there's kind of, you know, uh, conduct history, I understand people get drafted all the time. There's a little bit of question mark there. Does Trajan Bridges' new news have any impact on it? Highly doubt it. But, you know, maybe just because they're associated together. But Ramondre Stevenson got drafted higher than he was supposed to be. So I, I think it was just a position thing. He's a tweener. Um, but he's not that kind of tweener like a Derwin James or a Jeremy Chin of the Panthers, though. He's a, he's a one step down position where that kind of tweener really hasn't made itself into the NFL yet. Yeah, I mean, exactly, because it's – you know, uh, that it's such a huge leap at the uh, defensive end or the, just D line position because you have these freaks of nature now are, are the new standard. You know, zero body fat. You know, just pure speed type of guys. Um, where where it's it's kind of hard to do that in today's uh, NFL to to not be you know on that tier of. You know, just, just uh, you know, a Chase Young sort of thing. But I, I think he'll be good. You know, I, I think he definitely has the you know potential to to be on that level. We've seen the type of animal he can be inside. Um, but I, I, you know, I like the fit. I think I think New England's pretty solid. Um, so I, I think it, you know, the, the organization is as good as it gets. Uh, definitely some issues recently. You know, to lose Brady and you know have have to restock some of these guys. I think it's I think it'll work well for him. I'll say this. I think New England is one of the best places in this draft and not the best place to get drafted because they spent a lot of money on veterans to go and make a push because Bill Belichick is probably saying, I want to retire pretty soon. So if I'm going to sign people and spend money, I'm going to do it while I'm here because I'm head coach and GM. Um, So Ronnie Perkins gets to be with a bunch of veterans like a Kyle Van Noy, I'm pretty sure they got signed there. I'm not 100%. I'm pretty sure. And that he can sit behind and learn and they will be gone in a year or two because they're all just got signed and um, on like two year big money deals. And then he can step in and once he's seasoned and maybe his body has changed a little bit and go out and make a difference. Uh, So that's a big thing. Ramondre Stevenson too. Let's transition to that. Also getting drafted to the, to the Patriots. Everyone, as soon as you see it, and we made all the comparisons, LeGarrette Blunt, what do you know? That he's going to go to the Patriots. Um, that Patriots room, it, running back room, is a little bit crowded, but Sonny Michelle, they just declined his fifth-year option, so um, he won't be there for much longer. Um, so Ramondre Stevenson has a hole to go out and make um, make it in a room running back that where they do not dominate carry 20 carries a game. They'll give it to a lot of different people, so he's going to have his shot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, I mean, how how perfect could it be? We've been talking of, ever since Ramondre popped up on our radar. We've been talking about, like you said, Garrett Blunt. Here he is, same number. I I, I think I haven't seen who uh, has twenty nine with New England. Um, same number as he as he as he had uh, as Garrett Blunt had in New England. Same c- kind of role. I think he's going to be used perfectly situationally for those uh, short down yardage. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's just a perfect spot. And, you know, I got to commend New England and, um, you know, the, the real GM uh, of the Patriots, uh, Bill Belichick's dog, uh, for, for loving the Sooners. I knew I liked that dog. Yeah, no, I lo- I'm so happy that he brought, brought him back to get a uh, second year uh, photo. And it gives you a little glimpse of what a Bill Belichick smirk looks like, too, which is really funny. But, yeah, I think another big thing is Ramondre and how he fits so well in this Yes, he's a power back. We compare him to LeGarrette Blunt, but this dude can catch it 
catches out of the backfield. And that's something that we didn't think was a huge part of his game, but really did well last year whenever he got um, into the lineup. And that is what you do in New England. They throw dump downs. You know, James White, Rex Burkhead make a living off of that. And, you know, Ramondre Stevenson, they go, he can put him out there and they're like, okay, yeah, it's power down. They could run that same play and he could take it for 15 yards. We saw it all the time with Spencer Rattler last season. Absolutely. He's, I mean, he's going to be a, like an excellent, you know, second, third down type of guy. You know, if you're really, you know, trying to get those extra couple yards midfield, I, I mean, he, he has the ability to break it out, uh, break it open too. He's sneaky fast. Um, and you know, Ramondre, you know, from, from his first year to his second year, what a, just, just an incredible leap, uh, in performance. And yeah, some of it was due to, you know, having, you know, more time to sit out, but he was just, he was great all the way through, uh, his time at OU. And, um, honestly, as far as two year guys go, he's really one of the best. Mm -hmm, For sure. And, you know, it also helps him with his draft stock to realize how little he did play with the shelf life of running backs. And that had to be a reason that he went up. He went before Chuba Hubbard. Like Chuba Hubbard was a guy (laughs) who's going to be like, like top of the second round last year, came back. And then the Mike Gundy incident. And then the way he played with no passion, that dude dropped. He went down in the fourth round and Matt Rule picked him, the Carolina Panthers, you know, and I think that's just because he's seen him while he was at Baylor and saw how dominant he was. But if you watched last season, obviously, Matt Rule watched the tape. I'm not saying that he's just taking it from where he was. He just had a little bit of a bias because he's seen it with himself in person, you know, in his years in Baylor. You know, he was a different running back last year. He's not the same guy. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's kind of how Matt Rule is. Look at how many Temple guys he has on his uh, roster, mm-hmm. you know. Um, he, he's just a guy who's, who, who goes with what he's familiar with at times. And, you know, I, I Chuba – there, I mean, we we talked about it a ton last year. There was no more disappointing player for us than than Chuba Hubbard in the Big Twelve. Uh, we thought he was a dark horse type of guy, and just really, I mean, ever ever since the OAN shirt got brought out by Gundy, everything went downhill for the Pokes. Uh, just just did not go the right way last year. So, um, I gotta say, like you like you texted me when he uh, got drafted. It, it is Chef's kiss. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love and it. it. It was so great. It was so great. Um, and Ramondre deserved it, to be completely honest. I'm, if I'm a team, I'm picking Ramondre over Chuba. How crazy that sounds um, at that point in the draft. Yeah, I mean, just just a, a, a total collapse uh, from Chuba Hubbard. And, you know, I, I like the guy. Hopefully he can kind of get back out, do some more things, find his way again. But, you know, that's tough. So let's talk about the other fourth round sooner, Trey Brown. Uh were you pretty surprised to see Trey pop up here? One of the fastest guys in the draft. Uh, absolute burner. Uh, you know, Seahawks aren't exactly the Legion of Boom anymore. But, um, you know, what, what do you think the, do you think Trey Brown actually, uh, what, what does he bring to the Seahawks here? Uh, and more than anything, how surprised were you to see him go here? Yeah, I was I was very surprised. Obviously, Trey Brown, you know, PFF graded him very high. You'd always see it retweeted on OU counts that PFF had him graded very high as a lot of, you know, you know, certain amount of yards without getting catch, blah, 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 all that stuff. But if you just look at the eye test, there's a lot of times where he was just too handsy, got a lot of penalties, got beat, got a little bit better, but he always made the star and flash in place. Did not think he was going to go fourth round. I think the biggest thing with Seattle, whenever they came out, you know, a lot of teams probably viewed him as an inside um, cornerback um, because of his size. And that's something he didn't play really at all at OU. Uh, Seattle said they'll play him outside. And they'll put him in inside, but they, they'll play him outside, which was really surprising me to hear. And that's very good news for Trey. Yeah, 
absolutely. It, it's just a better fit for him out there for sure. Um, so I, I think that's a good spot to go. All things considered defensively. Um, yeah. And again, you know, um, just just what a, what a just what a burner uh, they got for sure. Uh, now let's talk about probably one of the bigger surprises of the draft. I, I think maybe one of the maybe the biggest for OU. Uh, Trey Norwood, what, Trey Norwood, going in the seventh round. He actually got drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I mean, excellent finish of the year. Obviously, had a great great performance in the Cotton Bowl. But um, are are you surprised to see Trey Norwood uh, go where he did? I was. I really, I thought he was going to go undrafted. Uh, there's just not his, you know, his combine numbers. Uh, not, I mean, not combine. His pro day numbers are not something to really bat an eye at. Not good size. Not good speed. Um, all of his testables are low. And when it comes down to the draft, you know, people want to pick a guy who has the numbers, and then they can go in and fix. You see that all the time. The t- like second round into the first round DBs are six foot two speed guys. And that obviously that shows you how important is OU's new recruiting style with speed D moving forward. But whenever Tomlin announced the pick, he said Trey Norwood, Oklahoma Swiss army knife DB. And somebody texted me before that saying that he was Minka, uh, poor man's Minka Fitzpatrick. And I was like, okay, that is, he's a homeless uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. If we're going to say this because Minka Fitzpatrick is so damn good. But then he goes to Pittsburgh. So maybe there's just like they they respect Minka because Minka, you know, is a guy that's all up, not all up there, but it's a very, very smart player. And that's how Trey Norwood plays the game. Yeah. I mean, he he is really what, especially as you, you saw it as he played more and more at OU, the way he, he you know, cuts off passing lanes, the, he, he's just so smart in coverage. Um, and it's just, it, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to see him go there. And it's, it's such a, it, I mean, I, such a wonderful, crazy thing to see two DBs uh, being picked in the NFL draft after uh, the amount of, um, I wouldn't say slander, but the the amount of years of uh, the, the defensive back position being one of our weakest points um, to see that happen. I, I, I think say Mike Stoops, just say because Mike of Mike Stoops, Stoops guys. Yeah, because <laughs> that's, of Mike that's Stoops, really what it is. I mean, these are his guys. It is. It is. But, you know, because here's the thing, like you said, same guys, different coach. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Alex I, I think Trey Norwood, you know, um, is really good news. Like I said, I didn't think he was getting drafted, but even there's seventh rounders that don't make the roster. But if you get a draft pick spent on you, owners want to keep you. If if it comes down to you versus another guy and it's pretty close, they'll they'll err on the side of the guy that they like more in the draft. So this is really good news for him making a 53 man roster. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, like like you said, it's it, it's it's a tough climb to make any roster, you know, once you kind of get into, you know, get past fourth, fifth. Um, but you know, again, it's, it's not a roster invite. Those guys are really scrapping, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and it, it, it's just, it's just good to see them in there. Uh, that's a good plus for sure. Um, any other thoughts, uh, on the draft? He was our last draft pick, um, overall for OU. Um, you know, not, not a bad, draft all things considered i'd say um you know we we got we got the extra one that we didn't think we were gonna get so um what do you think adrian ely not getting drafted was a little bit of a disappointment um because there were a lot of people who had him graded in the fifth round and he fell um and people probably just saw that 
even though he played in the Oklahoma offensive line system, there's a lot of things that are concerning. He just doesn't have that high of a ceiling. He's just going to kind of block and just if people come to him, he's going to do it. But he doesn't – there's not a lot of tape on Ely where you just go, wow. And that makes sense why he went on draft. He got – you know, he's legitimately sliding in to where Orlando Brown was lost, um, the right tackle position for the Baltimore Ravens. So he'll be fighting to try to get a death piece in that open. Orlando Brown leaving the Ravens, probably made it more likely for Adrian Ely to get signed there because they have more, um, you know, they need more depth in that offensive line room now because they didn't get anyone back losing Orlando Brown. But pretty cool. We see more offensive linemen um, from Oklahoma uh, going to Baltimore. And plus we have Mark Andrews there in Hollywood, obviously. But, you know, another cool thing. But other than that, you know, I I don't think that we really had uh, any undrafted free agent big news. Um that I've heard of from any other players. Yeah. It's it, usually there is like a bit of a, you know, a, a burst of undrafted free agents that pop up uh, right after it was just him from what I saw. Um, you know, which, it, which is, it's, it's okay. We didn't have a super big uh, draft class this year. I, as we mentioned, a lot of guys came back and um, the guys who graduated just weren't quite on that tier. And besides, they had a chance to come back, and they did. Yeah, but. I think that's the biggest reason because the people that went to the draft and didn't come back for that extra year or went hit the transfer portal are guys that thought they could get drafted in those seven rounds. You know, not a lot of people who are just a redshirt senior and their eligibility was up just decided to declare for the draft and get onto a practice squad or a summer squad and hope for the best because there's really no reason to if you can come back for an extra year or transfer to a smaller school and try to up your stock. So that's the reason there, um, you know, there's going to be next year, there's going to be a lot. I'm going to repeat a lot of people that are going to be draft eligible on our team and we could ha- lose a lot of people. So that's why it is so imperative that this is the year we need to go out and perform really well. Like I, I hate to say it. And I've said this on past episodes, like I would love a championship, but playoff win or bust. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, absolutely, and it lines up perfectly as as we keep saying. You know, the roster's there. Um, you know, you have a Cotton Bowl to possibly get into. It, it's just all right there for OU. Um, hey, even the national championship is in Indianapolis. So as long as a uh, Big Ten team doesn't get there, yeah, you know, that's drivable. That's that's Midwestern for you. No, oh, no yeah. One- yeah, no one's going to be out there causing a ruckus in Indianapolis. You know, there, w- w- there's nothing really. Uh, you have cool steakhouses and stuff, I guess. I'm not trying to make fun of the Indianapolis folk if you randomly come across this. I would want to go there. It seems oh, I like definitely they've go. got a kind of little cool sports district. Yeah. Did you drive through it on your way to uh, Columbus? I mean, maybe. <laughs> I did not remember too much. I, I mean, I remember that Columbus drive not being that bad, well, like 12 hours-ish. Um, you know, I don't remember the exact number, but, you know, it was not brutal. Um, so definitely not that bad, but let me, let me go over this. This is, these are the players that will be draft eligible into the next season. Um, Spencer Rattler, Eric Gray, Kennedy Brooks, Jeremiah Hall, Austin Stogner, Braden Willis, Theo Weiss, Jaden Hazelwood, Mike Woods, the Arkansas transfer, Tyrese Robinson, Marquise Hayes, Chris Murray, Wanya Morris, Robert Congle, Swenson, Perry and Winfrey, Jalen Redman, Isaiah Thomas, Laron Stokes, David Uguebu, Nick Benito, Caleb Kelly, Brian Osamoa, Deshaun White, Woody Washington, Delaren Turniel, Pat Fields, Jaden Davis. That is like our starting lineup. That's insane. I mean, that's so insane. Like every like, is that like almost our whole starters like right there? I I, I think that's like everyone. It, it is. 
it is the very top of that depth chart all the way through. And, you know, that's, that's the case for a lot of teams um, because of, you know, the, you know, the, the eligibility rule from last year, but uh, OU is different because of all the guys that came back and all of these guys who, you know, especially at the quarterback position as well, who are, you know, um, so integral to this team. So I don't know, like, like you said, this is uh, just everything kind of perfectly aligned in a way that it hasn't really at all. Like, I, I wouldn't even say 2017 aligned perfectly because, you know, you had P Ryan and Mixon leave. Um, exactly. It, it, it's always like you have one guy who peaks, but then you lose another side of the roster and then everyone has to kind of come back. This is where it's all perfect. This, this is where it has to happen. Um, so I, we're, we're probably going to keep saying that over and over this season. Uh, and hopefully OU doesn't let us down. Uh, but, you know, that's Sooners for you. <laughs> we'll see. Um, Jameson, what, before we go, I want to talk a little hoops here. Your thoughts on uh, Port, uh, Porter Moser's work in the transfer portal. Uh, goodness gracious, what, what what a collection of guys. I'm so happy the last time we recorded. Um, legitimately that afternoon, so probably by the time it was posted, we already gotten the Groves um, brothers from Eastern Michigan. So that was extremely clutch. I was very happy to get a Shroot on board coming into Oklahoma. And we got, you know, the defense ACC Defensive Player of the Year from Duke as well. Um, obviously, there was a lot of spots open at new coach in a you know in one of the best uh basketball conferences i understand it's probably not the best but one of the best argumentative wise um in the country and a new coach in a good um you know a good program uh there is a lot of opportunity so a lot of players are going to want to transfer and come here we still got two spots too um and you know that's the big big talk are we going to get you know trey alexander from heritage hall who just um took his uh he decommitted and rescinded his letter from auburn uh, and then two transfers possible. Uh, the kid from Ada, uh, I'm forgetting his name, uh, sharpshooter, and also uh, you know Bryce Thompson, too yeah. from uh, Kansas. Yeah, and uh, Thompson was a guy you know OU really wanted him, OSU really wanted him. Uh, definitely wants to kind of be the guy, have a little bit more uh, you know more m- be more of a feature in that offense. So we'll see how that goes because it it is a pretty pretty stacked uh, backcourt right now. Uh, you got you got the. I don't know if the kid from uh, Kingfisher is going to do much right now because, you know, just Bijan Robinson or Bijan Cortez, Cortez. Sorry. Yeah. Bijan Cortez. Um, he, he's promising, but you know, I, I think he's, he probably needs a year. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, but you know, I, I think the ability to recover from that mass exodus that we saw was just that that's so nice to see. So the Moser era off to a great start. Uh, looking forward to some of that old uh, Kelvin Sampson offense where we just uh, win like we win 40 to 30, uh, 32. So uh, honestly, that's really what's going to have to be in there's we don't have too many guys that can go out and get their own shot right now. The shot creators on this team really worrisome, but we got Harkless still, you know, we got Emoji Gibson, um, Jalen Hill. But like I said, you know, Emoji Gibson's a great offensive player, but he's not a guy who's going to get his own shot. He's an auxiliary player. You know, Harkless yeah. can try to do it and scrap to be scrappy with it, but you don't want him to be your number one shot creator. Um, we're going to probably work through Groves down low, and uh, there I really hope we get Bryce Thompson. I cannot, I cannot explain. You know, he was the he. I think we were number two um, whenever it came down to his pick uh, for for Kansas, and there are a lot of teams that um, a lot of um, experts thought he was going to go here, and then it shifted. Uh, it would be so huge, and I think it'd be great for him to come 
to Oklahoma, but obviously there's a lot of talk, um, other schools too. Um, but Trey Alexander, uh, Bryce Thompson, um, one of those two guys would be great for one of our spots that we have. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, I have no reason to doubt it because uh, Moser's been terrific so far. Uh, got, got a little bit of that Sister Jean magic uh, <laughs> rebuilding the roster. I love it. Um, well, Jamison, that's all I got. Um, and we got the offseason ahead of us. What are we going to do uh, from, from now until uh, until uh, September? I guess next big date, Champion Barbecue, right? Yeah, we'll have to do a preview before the Champion Barbecue, which is, you know, the middle end of June. We'll do a preview, figure out who all is going there, who we have a chance, if there's going to be any some commitments. We'll go over through all that. Again, we'll probably just have a big recruiting episode because there won't be anything to talk about. So yeah. you unless Trajan Bridges gets thrown in jail, which honestly could happen. If you all haven't um, read the report on it from the Oklahoman, you know, go and read it. Probably the dude's probably going to jail. I mean, I don't see how a human who does that isn't going to jail. Um, so, yeah, other than that, we've got a big-time recruiting episode coming up next month. Yeah, absolutely. It. It's gonna it's gonna come quick, and we'll uh you know be we'll be ready for uh, football before you know it. But uh you know after this kind of really quick condensed uh, sports rush with you know the NBA bubble and then you know college football and then a you know NBA right back again, it's gonna be weird not having any sports for a while. Gonna gonna be a little weird and uh, quiet, I guess. So I hate that period where there's just no sports. The, 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 it used to be in the summers, you know, like growing up, like I, I'd watch sports center on repeat. Um, and then it was only baseball highlights. It just, Oh, it was just a sad, sad time. I wouldn't realize how sad I was until college football would pop up in the fall. And then I'd be so happy again. It's like most people have seasonal depression when bad wet, like when it's cold weather and all gray Yeah, with you, Jameson, it's just like, all I have, all I have is, you know, little league world series and, <laughs> and like international friendlies to look forward to because I hate baseball sports affective disorder it's really serious guys you know with 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 the bad weather thing all you need for treatment is just a little bit of uv light to trick your body that you think there's some sunlight going on maybe if they throw in some summer league thunder games that's all i need to get me oh yes i i I, hey poku summer league maybe that could be fun uh you know here's hoping to do a good draft as well um nba credential us let's do let's go do it let's go do some summer league credentials we, we, we're totally <laughs> legit we're totally legit um but anyways yeah jameson thanks for coming on and you know hey ty you're out there somewhere uh it's finals week for you good luck man um i definitely don't miss doing test uh i wish you could say the same thing jameson no not done i've got and, i've got a couple more to say the least and uh, another big congratulations to my favorite uh pirate uh lawyer of all time uh shout out Bowden blake uh, for getting your law degree. Congratulations, man. Um, he's probably not even going to hear this. There's no way. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, not but until he passes that bar, you'll have some time. That's true. But either way, he, well, even if he had time, he wasn't going to oh, listen to I it. Yeah, yeah, either way. But um, yeah, we'll find some sort of off-season content. Uh, yeah. But until then, everyone, uh, have a good rest of your off-season. You know, go watch some OU baseball, I guess. We're not bad now. And, uh, well, we have a winning record. I'll give us that. We, we beat OSU two out of three times and almost, almost swept them. So I'll take it. OU softball is good. Watch OU softball. They're awesome. Oh yeah. Ooh, maybe OU softball pod. That could be fun. Ooh. Ooh, Yeah. The world series is going to be fun this year. Don't take the world series from me and CAA, please. (laughs) That's all I got to say. Have a good time.
Boomer Sooner. <laughs>